0: Tonight, we'll get to what you can expect out of the markets. But first, Day. we are going to the Super Bowl. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovac. Steve, the team is going to the Super Bowl, which just hearing those words come out of my mouth, just saying them, is absolutely phenomenal. But getting there as a fan, oh my goodness. Oh, have you seen these prices? You would have to sell your candy, I think.
1: Yeah, five, six grand for a seat. Yes. That's crazy. Well, you know, it'd be nice to say that you saw the Bengals at the Super Bowl. I'd rather say I saw the Bengals win the Super Bowl. Yes, that would be
0: very nice. So as soon as the game was over last night, I turned to my husband and I said, I don't know, maybe we should go. I mean, I'm from here. I grew up here. Yep. My dad still has his AFC shirt from 1988. Uh, <laughs> my stepmom was wearing it last night at the game. Like we are, we are all in Bengals fans. And so, uh, Jason looked, and the second the game ended, the, a, a direct flight from CVG to LAX was 600. I think within 15 minutes, it had doubled. The cost <laughs> had doubled of that same flight. So oh. we kind of looked around. The cheapest flight that you can get out of CVG right now for that weekend, it's on kayak. Um, Friday the 11th returning that Monday is a thousand bucks. But there are some cheaper ways that you can get there. and Steve you brought up a great one
1: yeah I, I love Allegiant and and you know with kids in in Phoenix we use them all the time you know one way fifty eight bucks is not unusual yeah, right. you'll have to pay for a bag you'll have to pay for everything you'll but have to you pay know to what if down. you just want to get your butt out there, it's cheap and and yeah and, and i I like Allegiant it works yeah, yeah. Five, five out five hours drive to l a though
0: so eh. yeah. It, but, but we checked, and there's actually plenty of rental cars that are not crazy prices right now. Um, and then San Diego, you can fly into San Diego. I think it's about two hours from there, maybe less than that. And a rental car right now out of San Diego's airport costs you about 100 bucks for the weekend. So don't necessarily look CVG to LAX. Look at airports around here mm-hmm. to airports around there. And I think you can probably get there much cheaper once you get there, we would say.
1: Yeah, and good luck getting a ticket.
0: Hotel-wise, stay outside of Los Angeles. That's probably your best bet if you're trying to make this an affordable trip. But Steve, you're right. It's the ticket that's a zinger right now.
1: Yeah, StubHub cheapest 5,800 bucks. Yeah, you know it, it's mind-boggling. I suppose some people will pay that, but I, I, you know, I gotta think as time goes on and you get closer, you might be able to score one cheaper than that. But what are you gonna get it for? A thousand? And that's a deal? You know, yeah. that's a lot of money.
0: It sounds like a deal right now. All right. Well, so much to celebrate as a Bengals fan today. And thank goodness we have this because when you look at the markets, things have been all over the place lately. And we're in choppier waters than we've been in a long time. Andy Stout is joining us, as he does every Monday. He's our chief investment officer at Allworth. Uh, He manages billions of dollars for our clients from right here in Cincinnati. First of all, Andy, who day? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <Who day? laughs>
0: and I wish you had some more kind of exciting news uh, today on the market front, but I don't know. Well, I think
2: it's exciting. I mean, this stuff is thrilling. Yeah,
0: <laughs> It is thrilling when every time I check my 401k, it's more than it was the time before, but that's not where we are right now
2: it's been a little bit of a bumpy ride last week was really
0: yes.
2: really turbulent when you look at just the moves on any single day from I, I was looking at the prices over the weekend on the dow jones industrial average from low price to high price the average difference for monday through friday was 989 points that's a lot of movement on
1: average yeah, no kidding
0: that's your just your fun weekend reading, huh? <laughs> it's just,
2: well, I was actually just doing it in Excel myself. I was like, I want to know what this is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about because I think just a, a lot of people want to know what's going on right now, what's impacting my four hundred one k. You've got the Fed, you've got earnings. Let's let's get into this and let's start with the Fed.
2: Yeah, the Fed certainly hinted at a more aggressive rate hike path when we look at where they were just a few months ago. I mean, if we go back to the beginning of last December, so a couple of months ago, the Fed and the market were really just indicating two interest rate hikes this year. After last week's Fed meeting, now the market's expecting five interest rate hikes this year.
1: (laughs) Quite a jump. That, that that's a massive uh, uh, change. In you know we're used to the Fed doing things unbelievably slowly. I mean Andy, they they've been talking about yeah we're going to raise rates someday. We're going to raise rates someday. They've been doing this for six months, and now all of a sudden it's like well when we can get around to it, it won't be two, it may be five. I I, I mean that I think that's part of the the issue with with the volatility is that. We're not really sure what's going to happen with the Fed. Um, what do you think? I, I, I mean, are, do they have a good game plan going forward?
2: I don't think the Fed really knows what their game plan is. Uh, when you look That's at reassuring. Some
1: of the, yeah, <laughs> know, It changes right? on the
0: daily.
2: Uh, it does. I mean, just look at where we were last December. And one of the questions that Chair Fed Chair Jerome Powell was asked last week was about how quick they might hike. Are they worried about hurting the economy? And he he said, and I quote, I think there's quite a bit of room to raise interest rates without threatening the labor market. That's not something like a short term and I'm not a short term stock uh, trader, but that's not something you want to hear, because what happened right after that, well, the Dow Jones Lost 450 points in about 10 minutes from the point that he uttered those <laughs> oh, words. Man. That was not received well at all. And Powell's had a little bit of a history of some communication uh, flaws or missteps <laughs> along the way. So it's not new for Powell to you know, trip over his own feet there.
0: We got GDP numbers um, last week, Andy, which is kind of the report card of the health of our nation. And while they are fantastic, as you dig a little deeper, you say maybe we should not be popping champagne bottles yet.
2: Yeah, uh, the headline growth rate on a quarter over quarter annualized basis for the fourth quarter compared to the third quarter came at a really solid 6.9%. But not so much. That Just by itself, that looks like an A+. You know, I think we're more in this C minus range on this report card.
3: And that's really? because,
2: yeah, that's because if you look at that 6.9%, 4.4.9 percentage points of that is all from businesses restocking their shelves or building up their inventory. So if we look at growth X inventory, then we're at 2%. That's not really that good uh, in all honesty. And then we think about what does that mean for the first quarter, well, if businesses were buying a lot of inventory in Q4, uh, well, they're probably not going to be doing as much in the first quarter. So there's going to be some give back. And you, you see that a lot where, if you see inventories build a lot in one quarter, they won't the next quarter. It could even be a negative factor on GDP. And I'm not saying we'll see negative growth, not predicting a recession or anything like that. I mean, economists are currently estimating that GDP will grow about 2.8% in the first quarter. So that's not terrible. But the headline number of 6.9% for Q4, completely ignore that. That's really pointless at this point in time or meaningless, listen- I should
0: say. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC. As we make sense of what's going on, this volatility in the market, if you're maybe a little freaked out when you check your 401K, we're just explaining what the markets are reacting to. Uh, Andy, we just talked about GDP, kind of that report card of our economy's health, but we're in earnings season uh, right now. And, you know, for, for a lot of what the market responds to is just how are these big, strong American companies doing? And I would say headline numbers there seem to be pretty good but as you dig deeper maybe not so much
2: yeah not so much i mean we're about a third of the way through earnings season so if we look at the s p 500 which is an index of our largest 500 companies here in the united states we have earnings reports from about 168 of them at least as of uh, friday's close we get some more uh today now we don't have all that data parsed through yet but when we look at the 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 companies that have reported so far 77% 77% of those 168 companies have uh, reported better-than-expected earnings. Seems good, right? Yeah. But last quarter it was 82% of companies did it. March, or, or first quarter of 2020, that was the last time we had a number this low in terms of the companies that beat profit. So, in other words, we're always beating profit estimates. The question is, how many of the companies are beating those profit estimates, and right now it's somewhat low, so that's not great. And also, if you look at the growth rate of earnings, Amy, uh, you know they're growing. At, it seems like a good pace, 23.6%, and that's better what, than what Wall Street analysts were estimating heading into earnings season, which was 19.8%. But that's the smallest spread between actual growth and uh, expected growth again since the first quarter of. 2020 so it looks good on the surface but it's not as good as what we've been seeing and so it's a little bit disappointing
1: well then, then my concern andy is that in the next uh, couple of days over the next week people are going to be getting their january statements and you know for a lot of people that don't pay a lot of attention they're going to say whoa what, what what happened here you know what I thought everything was going smooth and then we see a rebound on Friday of 500 points where the market went up and actually finished the week up does does that tell you the correction may be over or are you saying not so fast
2: well I not going to ever try to time the market, sure. so not going to fall into your uh, trap there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> what I Me? will Never. wheres your crystal ball, Andy? Never. Come on. Never. <laughs> you know, what what I will say though, Steve, is that you know, bear markets happen, corrections happen, recessions happen—they're normal. But guess what also happens? Bull markets happen, sure. economic recoveries happen, and fortunately, bull markets. And market recoveries or economic recoveries, they tend to be more powerful than their their, uh, counterparts of bear markets and recessions. So ultimately, if you're a patient investor and you ride the waves, you're going to be able to uh, enjoy retirement.
1: But what I hear from you is we're growing, just not at the clip I would like. And I, I like hearing that a whole lot better that then nah. The, the growth looks like it's going away maybe a negative quarter possible recession i'm not hearing that from you it sounds like we're, we're growing okay
2: yeah we're still growing recession risk is still low obviously the future will change but we're not there yet we're not seeing tons of red flags yet you know the one thing that i'll keep watching and um, you know one of many things is how aggressive the fed gets right yeah. so i do want to stay on top of that as as we will uh, but As of right now, we're not close to a recession, at least based on the data.
0: Here's the Simply Money point. Yes, we could be near maybe the beginning of a more extensive market correction, and recession risk could increase as the year goes on. But remember this, markets and the economy usually recover from any setback. If you can't listen to Simply Money every night, subscribe to our weekly podcast. It's the best of Simply Money on the iHeart app or wherever you find your podcast. Just ahead of all this volatility on Wall Street is making your stomach churn, we've got two specific things you can do to calm yourself down. Plus, how the Bengals kicker wants to cash in on his success. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station.
1: Four years ago, he was a senior in high school in tiny Fort Payne, Alabama. Now the Bengals' Super Bowl chances rest on his right foot. The kick is up. Yeah. Hit. Yes. Yeah. Good. Oh. Good.
0: I could listen to that over no and over kidding. again. Day? I get chilled every time, right? I, I, You think of kickers in the past and games like hanging on those field goals in the past and it's shank to the left, shank to the right, whatever. <laughs> and here we have Bengals <laughs> kicker Evan McPherson. They're calling him money, Mac because dude is on the money just about every time. In fact, I didn't, I didn't realize this, but this makes sense. He hasn't missed a field goal in postseason play
1: yeah he, he, well he is money i mean the yes. no color is to it it's it, it's you know you feel that when he's up there it's a gimme it just yes. feels like it's a gimme
0: which is a Bengals fan is not the norm right i mean i find no, myself still like afraid to trust this. we're like, prepared
1: for disappointment that's what we do
0: <laughs> i know oh my gosh so money back uh actually you know everyone's calling him that i've seen t-shirts out with that on it Turns out he might actually be capitalizing on that. He apparently filed a trademark application for that phrase. What does it mean to you? Well, he can make money off of anything—shirts, hats, anything, any product that has "Money Mac" on it. Well, Mac will make money on it.
1: <laughs> oh, good for well, good for him. I mean, he deserves whatever he can get. But I, I, I get—I have an idea. Okay, yeah, you, you, you've heard of money bags, somebody with a lot of money. Yeah. How about how about money wags? Ooh. I think that's you. I think that's you. Should I, I
0: trademark that?
1: I think you should.
0: You know all those retailers that have been just lining up for Wagner Apparel. <laughs> <and> <laughs> exactly.
1: <merchandise>. All worth <laughs> shirts with Sprovac or Wagner on the back. Yeah. Yes. We'll 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 make some coin.
0: We'll let you know. We'll <laughs> let you know when you can buy your wags swag and your sprovax swag (laughs) all right well the market has just been crazy it kind of reminds you honestly of all these playoff games right back and forth all over the place
1: it's my stress test i don't have to i don't have to go to the doctor to get one i just watch the Bengals play
0: exactly well the market is making i think a lot of people uneasy these days uh and and maybe even keeping you up at night and and steve we can talk about how the Bengals might keep you up but you've been doing this for so long i think you just bring great perspective right like you don't get worked up over this kind of volatility, but I understand a lot of people do.
1: Oh, there's no question. I, I, I mean, we've been lulled into a sense of complacency as investors for, you know, almost two years uh, where, you know, this rebound started up as soon as there was word of a vaccine. And. Every single month, it seems that you're making more and more money. And, oh, this is easy. And, and, you know, everybody's a genius because whatever they put their money into, it went up. So, you know, why do you need an advisor? And, and, you know, here's why. I mean, here we are experiencing, honestly, Amy, this is normal volatility. Normal. What we've gone through for the past year and a half, almost two years, is not normal you, you yeah. know, so this is this is common. The average drop in any given year in the Standard and Poor's 500 is about 14%. Even years where we've made a lot of money, somewhere in there buried was a drop somewhere around 14%. Might have been 10 next year, might have been 18, but it averages at about 14 Well, guess what? We're in it now, and people are getting a little bit spooked because they have short-term memories. They're not used to it.
0: So we would say there's two things that you can do right now, right, if this is really keeping you up. Number one, understand kind of the market's recent fluctuations from a long-term perspective, right? And we tend to, when I think back long-term, for me, sometimes it is just a matter of the past few months or the past year, right? We, We forget, and especially, you forget when you have gains, but you really remember when there are losses, sure, right? And sure. so we we kind of are sort of predisposed behaviorally to kind of respond in such a way. So you kind of have to step back and kind of look at this all from a historical perspective but then understand yourself yeah. as an investor because what kind of an investor you are actually matters I would say a lot more long term than which investments you
1: own uh, there, there's no question about it I, I mean the easiest thing that that I do is say just I, I imagine myself you know two three five years from now looking back at today does it matter if I put money in the market today tomorrow yesterday last week no no not yeah. at all I, I mean you know tiny tiny bit but yet I'll have people call me up and say Steve should I put money in today you think it's going to end up today I, 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 who knows? Nobody <laughs> knows. Just let it go. The, the issue is not when to invest, but that you invest. Yes. Just be invested.
0: Here's some numbers The SP 500 has closed down 1% for the day almost 450 times since yeah. the beginning of 2008. This is according to Dow Jones market data. 2020 stocks incurred daily losses of at least 1%, 45 times. And on five of those occasions, it dropped more than 5%. Do you remember those?
1: Do you? Uh, yeah. You know?
0: I mean, you do. <laughs> I know I you do. do because you get the calls. But yeah. as an investor, I think it's just and, – and, and I was reading something last week and it really stuck with me, Steve. It said, do you remember – any investment moves that you made in 2012?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and, no, and, you don't. Yeah, yeah, you don't. And and here's here's one of the best quotes I ever heard. Sir John Templeton, he founded the Templeton Fund back in the 50s. Unbelievable. I mean, there there is just a, a Mount Rushmore of the most successful invest uh, investors. He'd be one of them. Uh, Warren Buffett would be another. Peter Lynch, who started the Magellan Fund, he'd certainly be one of them. And, and he said. The four most expensive words are this time it's different. And I'm hearing that now. I'm hearing that now be, because you know people, especially with po- politics, they let that get in their heads. And well, no, this is different. This is crazy. Yeah. The world's the world's different. I've got these concerns, and who knows with Russia and everything else. And well, this and thing Well, and social media, more,
0: right? Social media relax. plays into that. Yeah. And, and the headlines play into that. Yeah. And everyone wants to tell you kind of that the sky is falling. And I think it's a really great way to look at this: is your future self virtuous versus your present self, right? Yeah. And as your present self is saying, "Get out of the market, sell, sell, sell." Think about what your future yourself would say to yourself now like what no absolutely and for those who jumped out during the great recession or in march of 2020 right the, the losses that you've seen as a result of that since then you know if you could talk to yourself back in 2008 you'd probably say something different
1: well yeah i, I mean you'd say well, don't jump out you know stay invested you get your money back nobody knows where the bottom is it, it sounds easy. To, to You can talk a good game. But when you go through it, it's brutal because you never – when when you're coming out of the bottom, and who knows when it's going to be, but when you're coming out of the bottom, nothing's clear. It, it's yeah. clear as mud, you know. So, <laughs> you know, just, just get a time travel machine. That makes it easier.
0: <laughs> Let me know when you find that. Here's yeah. Simply Money Point. If you've got years of investing ahead of you, your future self is probably going to be annoyed or even impaired by rash moves that you make now based on these crazy headlines or market volatility – Coming up, how resilient are you? A closer look at how that one trait can play into your career, your money. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money tonight. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovac. It would be really great if we went through life and nothing bad ever happened, right? You would have to bounce back from anything. But let's face it, that's not real life. And sometimes it's uh, an issue with your money, an issue with your job, an issue in your personal life, whatever it is. I think we've all had things that we've had to overcome. Joining us tonight with some great perspective on resilience, right? The art of bouncing back is our friend Carla Messer. She's the chief results officer at Best Work and assistant professor at Indiana University. East, You know, it, it's interesting, Carla, because um, I went through a divorce several years ago. Resiliency was nothing that I had really thought much about before then. And it was like this word that kept creeping back into my mind over and over again during that time. We all kind of understand it when we're going through something like that
3: yeah you know resilience really is our capacity of you know our individual capacity a system an enterprise a person to maintain your core purpose maintain your integrity when you are faced with dramatically changed circumstances in your case a divorce and there are lots of things that can cause us to be in a place where we need to bounce back or feel like we're a little bit in that in that rut but there is great news Uh, we are actually as human beings we're wired for resilience we are wired to bounce back. It's called neuroplasticity. It's a you know big word, but it really just uh, means that we have this ability to reroute ourselves and get ourselves out of these down spaces and into a better place.
0: What I love, Carla, about when you come on the show is you give us some really practical steps, right? I mean, there's lots of like lofty things that we can talk about. Let's be more resilient, but let's get down to brass tacks here. How do we do it? What are the steps? If, if there's something that, you know I, know, I know a lot of people who just feel kind of generally overwhelmed right now. COVID has been going on for so long. Things just aren't normal. If for someone's going through anything along those lines, what are practical steps to work on this?
3: Yeah, you know, I'm really about looking at the the whole system. And and in this case, when we look at what causes one system or one individual to kind of break down and another to bounce back, there are some things that we have in common. One is anticipating this disruption. And so we often like to laugh and say, I'm just going to put my head in the sand. But in reality, those people who bounce back oftentimes are looking and anticipating what's going on around me and how do I get ahead of it? Uh, in addition, they find ways to heal themselves, ways to be kind and to, to heal themselves through what I'm going to talk about here briefly is, you know, some meditation type of techniques that really have been proven to completely rewire parts of the brain so that we can reduce stress. Um, and so this ability to reorganize, to, to heal, and to anticipate disruption really are little shock absorbers for us individually so that we can bounce back and there are some very specific ways that that we can do that obviously um, which oftentimes revolves around um, high functioning social networks not surprisingly when we have people around us and high functioning networks um, we have a better ability to bounce back
0: so surrounding yourself with people who are positive that can kind of help pull you out is a great thing what
3: else Well, you know, they also found uh, in this book on resilience by Andrew Zoli that there were some things like ego resiliency, this capacity to overcome, steer through, or bounce back from adversity. And how we find that out is just by going through life. You know, Amy, all of us have had something in our life that at the time felt like the worst thing that has ever happened to us. And actually making it through those moments and being able to kind of look in the rearview mirror. And develop some hardiness as a result, really, this belief that uh, we can grow from even positive or negative experiences, both, right? That we can, in fact, influence our surroundings and our outcome. And we see in our history that we have lived through those trials and tribulations, no matter what they are, whether it's job loss, uh, you know, a, a tough performance discussion, um, you know, tough financial situations. Realizing that we've made it through that in the past is part and parcel to really what helps us be successful moving forward and remembering those things whether it's taking the time to you know jot down and and reflect on the things that we've overcome in the past as a reminder of just how resilient we are people who are able to do that definitely have a a better outcome and then the last one is something we call ego control which is this ability to delay gratification so that we can in fact uh, be able to achieve future goals and people who are resilient are able to see that this is a small setback and it doesn't stop me from my longer term goal that's ahead of me.
0: You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC. We are joined by our friend Carla Masser. She's a chief results officer of Best Work and assistant professor at Indiana University East with how to be more resilient or how to understand maybe how you can bounce back from something a little better. Um, Carla, one of the things that you just talked about was influencing your surroundings. I think it's easy when you're going through something to feel like you're out of control. So, So how do you kind of bring it around to the fact that, no, actually I might have some control here?
3: Yeah, you know, this idea of understanding where the root of some of your distress is coming from, it requires us to be uh, self-aware. And unfortunately, so many of us are caught up in the daily activities that we don't stop and pause long enough to just uh, take a minute. And, you know, researchers have found that Um, Just 27 minutes. It it isn't much time at all. I mean, you know, we think about um, what we waste a half an hour of our time with in in any given day. But social media, sitting in traffic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any any number of things, right? Twenty seven minutes a day of meditation, over eight weeks, resulted in measurable changes in brain scans. You know, improved wow. self awareness, compassion, introspection, learning, and memory. And it also affected that gray matter that plays a role in stress and anxiety. They, but it, you know, it's really not about meditation as much as it is creating a way of life where you take the time to pause and reflect on some of the things that we talked about. But One of the unique ways that they spoke about was reflecting on people that we love and closing your eyes for even just a 30 second um, period of time and really concentrating in your mind on someone that you feel deep love for. Maybe it's your child, maybe it's your spouse. Um, maybe it's your pet, um, but something or someone that you have deep, deep love for, for just 30 seconds intermittently throughout the day, they showed had enormous ability to start rerouting our mind in towards those positive, resilient bounce back types of feelings. It's a powerful free (laughs) technique that we can use to begin to rebuild our mind in a way that um, roots our beliefs and values um, in this idea that we can cultivate change, right? When we believe it and think about cultivating those changes, we can rewire our minds to do that. And we've even seen research that shows addiction can be overcome and other things can be attacked with this process of rerouting neuroplasticity, our mind into thinking about things differently.
0: Well, there seems to be a power in that, Carla. I think we all know people who um, just get overwhelmed, right? When things don't go well, they just seem to crumble under the pressure. And and there's also people who we know who it seems like bad things happen to them and they do bounce back and they're really kind of positive about them and they're, they're able to put it into perspective. And I've kind of always thought maybe people are just kind of wired differently, but you're saying actually this might be something that we have a little more control over.
3: Oh, we have a lot of control over it, right? And so I mentioned earlier high-functioning social networks, and so – a lot of times, people of faith report greater degrees of resilience. The link between religion and resilience demonstrates this kind of idea of social networks. But in addition to that, even high-risk groups like Hispanics have been found that despite these risk factors, their social networks close the gap. Hawaiians, for example, also in this study showed to be successful despite despite being in this 50 to 80% high risk level because of their social networks. And so collectivist cultures oftentimes show more resilience in the face of hardship simply because they have high functioning social networks. People to lean into, a parachute of people, if you will, to catch them when they fall and to reinforce the things that we talked about uh, re- You know, relative to remember you've overcome things like this. Remember that was a hard time, but you did it and look at where you are now.
0: Great insights into how we can all be a little more resilient in 2022. This has been Carla Messer joining us. She's chief results officer of Best Work, assistant professor at Indiana University East. You've been listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, The Talk Station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovac. You checked your 401k recently. Are you disappointed? And I don't mean disappointed because there's just some volatility. But do you think maybe you're just missing out on something when it comes to your 401k? Well, we would say there might be some actual reasons, some things you might be doing wrong or not paying attention to that might actually contribute to your 401k not growing as fast as you'd like.
1: And, and you should be really happy with it in most times because you're adding money to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you add money to things, they tend to increase in value a little bit more oh, than good things thing? you don't add money yes. to. No, but, um, you know, here's the biggest reason I, I think people aren't happy with the growth of their 401k. Um, Amy, when I asked, People, you know, what kind of company match do you get? I'll bet you it's it's well more than half. It might be closer to 80%. I don't know. Well, yeah. if you don't know what your match is, do you, how do you know you're you're not leaving free money on the table? I, I mean, take advantage of your employer's match. It might. It's usually not a crazy, you know, a, a, a complex equation. It's usually something like, well, they match dollar for dollar of the first three percent or fifty percent of the first six percent. But if that's the case, if they're matching fifty cents on the dollar of the first six percent, and you're only putting in five percent, you're you're saying no thanks. I don't need free money. You know, so that's step one.
0: And I don't think enough people look at it that way. I mean, it's essentially you could picture your boss standing in front of you with cash in their hand, wanting to give it to you, and you (laughs) actually slapping it away from the, you know, no thanks, I don't need that. Make sure that you are putting enough money in to at least claim the entire, the full employer match. That's number one. Number two, though, you could be investing too conservatively. Yeah.
1: Yeah and I I just ran across this last week. Some somebody that I've known for quite a while asked me to take a look at his uh, old 401Ks. And um, one was invested 85% stock, the other was invested 30% stock. Oh wow. Now, so in other words, first of all, he obviously didn't know that, and <laughs> second of all, um, why don't you check these once in a while, you know, because that's a, that's a huge difference between them. And it wasn't that he put any thought into it. He didn't put any thought into it was the issue. Just find out, and it's usually pretty easy. There's usually a pie chart on page one uh, of your statement. Just take a look at the allocations, and, and you know, I don't, I'm not going to tell you what your allocation should be without knowing a little bit more about you, but, you know, make sure it's somewhere around your risk tolerance. If you're 80%, 90% in bonds and and you're not close to retirement age and you want to grow your account at a decent clip, you might want to rethink, you know, what your allocation is. It's not going to get you there real quick. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think that for the 401k for so many people is kind of just a set it and forget it thing, right? Yeah, when you no When question. you first started a company and think about the stack of paperwork that HR shoves at you across yeah. that desk, right? And yeah. it's just it's check this and sign this and get through it. And I think your 401k kind of just falls victim. To and, that so many times. Yeah.
1: And, and, and you know, I know uh, a number of HR people and, you know, usually the, the employee goes to the HR person and says, what should I do here? They can't tell you. I, I mean, that's yeah. not their job. They don't want to be in that position. Um, and if you don't know, you'll just check a box and be done with it. But, yeah, you know, that's one of those things. This is your future. This is probably maybe next to your house, the biggest chunk of money you're going to have going into retirement. But unlike your house, it's what you're going to be living off of in retirement. Take ten minutes. Take fifteen minutes. Take take longer, ideally, and, and research it.
0: Or unlike your grandparents, right? my grandfather had a pension. Both of yeah. my grandfathers had a pension. Yeah. You, you likely don't have a pension. You have a 401k. And so it's not your boss managing it for you. You're managing it yourself and you have to have an active part of that. And one of those is digging deeper and figuring out how much are you paying for fees? Because yeah. the individual investment choices that you make within that 401k actually can play a huge role in how much is sucked up in fees.
1: Well, wait a second. Uh, this is a 401k. I don't pay anything in fees, right? The company right. pays for that, right? No, no. Each of your investments, somebody there is making some money somehow. Yes. And guess who's, if it's not coming out of their pocket, guess whose pocket it's coming out of. No, and, and and this isn't a bad thing. Just you have to learn what the fees are. Every mutual fund, every pretty much every investment you're ever going to make, somebody in there is doing something on your behalf So they're going to take a little piece of the action. And there are mutual funds that have internal fees. You won't see those dollars coming out of your 401k, but if they make 10% at the gross level on a mutual fund, they might only pass along 9% to you. You don't see a fee, but that 1% went in somebody's pocket. And there are mutual funds with fees much lower than 1%, especially inside of a 401k, but not necessarily yours.
0: Definitely worth paying attention to. Here's a Simply Money point. Pay close close attention to your 401k. There might actually be some easy ways that can work harder for you. Do you just feel like stressed out these days? And I'm not talking about just because we're a day removed from a Bengals game and they're all so stressful. Coming up, we've got some ways that tweaking your routine might actually give you a bit of a breather. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Mimi Wagner, along with Steve Stravach. Are you just feeling stressed, right? This pandemic feels like it's never going to end. There's so much that have changed in our lives over the past few years. Research shows that actually having a routine is pretty calming. I would say, Steve,
1: that you and I are both kind of routine people. Uh yeah, and I'm I, I do have some stress. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and you know what what they're saying is, well then, go ahead and do something enjoyable along with whatever is causing you stress, and that'll bring the stress level down. And and you know my my question is, okay, I enjoy eating, so if it's stressful for me to be working out on a treadmill, should I just you know eat some chips and and I think something it means while I'm, I'm take the, a cheeseburger the with you? Take a cheeseburger I think so. With
0: you on that treadmill, That's I think what it's so. Saying. Mm. Okay, so maybe not to that extent, <laughs> but it, this is called temptation bundling, right? There's things yeah. that you don't like to do, and there's things that you like to do. You don't like cleaning, but you love music. You clean with music, or yeah. you, you just reward yourself at the end of it. But it, it, c- kind of thinking about it along those lines can be incredibly helpful. And, and on, honestly, music actually helps you do things that you mm. don't like doing. Um, it actually releases uh, stress-level hormones,
1: Okay, so, so do you listen to music when you work out?
0: Absolutely. Well, yes, I used to, and now okay. I listen to podcasts. But I actually okay. love podcasts, so I, I do absolutely do that. So I think it's finding kind of whatever. Like, that feels like me time when I'm listening to yeah. a podcast and I'm learning something. Yeah. So if I'm running while I'm doing it, then I would, I'd I love to be able to listen to the podcast anyway. So I'm just kind of getting something done that I don't love doing at the same
1: time. See, I need loud music when I'm when I'm running because I need something to distract me from the pain. I mean, that's oh, yeah. honestly, that's part of it. It's like, or just like get my head out of here. Or like, overshadow
0: the grunting of like, that sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'll tell you, a true story. So I'm, I'm working out the other night on, on the treadmill because uh, it's cold these days. Yeah. And, and a song comes on. And I, I don't know if these were the exact words, but it, it's uh, the song is, I feel like I'm slowing down. That's the name. <laughs> that that's the chorus, and 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 the whole the oh, the, the beat you. is slowing down. I'm like, don't do this to me. I'm trying to keep a good pace, and like, no, and the music songs, is slowing down. Songs. Oh man, it's not going to make it to my workout playlist. That's for yes. sure
0: cut that one from the playlist for sure. Also let the natural light in. This is kind of a no-brainer but in Cincinnati this time of year. Yeah. It feels sometimes like we go days if not weeks without seeing any sunshine.
1: I'll take 10 degrees in bright sunshine over 40 degrees in rain and grayness for 100%. Two weeks. Yeah. 100%. Plus plus vitamin D. You got to yes. get vitamin D in the winter time and that's the best way of doing it, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take bright sunshine over a supplement also.
0: And if 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 stuff laying all over the place stresses you out Ten minutes every night, just tidy things up. You'll wake up in the morning and think, like, oh, this looks good, right? Less stress starting your day. That's a great thing to do.
1: Well, and the same study said, auto pay your bills. Take that off your table. And I'm thinking to myself, Amy, if you auto pay my bills, that'll take my stress level down. (laughs) So I I, I like that conclusion.
0: Send them my way. Send them my way. But but truly, if you're someone who just hasn't kind of gotten on that train yet. And you sit down once a month with all the bills in front of you. No, 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 auto pay. And this doesn't mean that you don't look at them and make sure that there aren't any mistakes. We're not advocating for that. But this is taking something that you don't enjoy off of your plate altogether, freeing yourself up with some time to do things that you do enjoy. And that would be our advice. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC, the talk station.